If I told you guys that Shohei Otani is 2040, you might think that means he has bad vision. No, no, no. This means that he has 20 stolen bases and 40 home runs this season. He hit that mark on Sunday against the Oakland Athletics. That's ball four in the second time Shohei has walked today. And here comes stolen base number 20 for Shohei Otani. You talk about getting an early start and no chance for Langliers behind the plate. So 20 stolen bases, 44 home runs, 10 wins on the mound. Now you hear Mark Gubiza saying 20-40-10. 20 stolen bases, 40 homers, 10 wins on the mound. I don't like to go down that road. I like the 20-40 club because it looks at hitters and hitters only. I think it's important to compare Shohei to other hitters for just his hitting because if you bring the pitching into it, you can just go on and on about how he's the best because nobody else has done that, right? He's the first guy to have 20 stolen bases, 40 homers, 10 wins, 250 strikeouts. Sure, but the more stats you add it makes it less special and makes it less important to me because he is the unicorn and he's always going to have that additional category that you can add to it you know he's oh the first guy to bat 300 have 80 rbis and throw 100 strikeouts or something i mean yeah he is the first to do that and it's awesome that he is doing that it's awesome that he's a two-way player but it's important to acknowledge the fact that his hitting, regardless of the fact that he is a two-way player, his hitting is great on its own. His hitting is among the best, standing alone. And I feel like this is the perfect example. The 2040 club is actually a very exclusive club. Only eight players have joined this club of 40 homers and 20 stolen bases. And I'm going to read you... A few of these names, Jose Canseco, Barry Bonds, Ken Griffey, Jeff Bagwell, Alex Rodriguez, and Shohei's the first one to do it multiple times in their career since 2001. That was Sean Green with the Los Angeles Dodgers. So that is a very cool thing that Shohei's done. And I want you to guess what season you think he went 20 and 40. Okay, I think you've had enough time to think about it. 2021. Special season because 46 home runs and 26 stolen bases. 26 is the most he's had in his career. Uh, Prior to this season, the second highest was 12 stolen bases in 2019. So I think Shohei is benefiting from the new rule changes. As you guys know, we've had a pitch clock added. We've had slightly bigger bases put into play. And we have limitations on the amount of times that the pitchers can disengage from throwing the ball and going to first base, for example. right? So it's now harder for pitchers to check up on first base or or any base really for that matter it's harder for pitchers to keep an eye because they have to be efficient right you got to get the ball to home plate within 20 seconds 
when there are runners on base. And you can only disengage twice to go to the base to try to get them. Um, at that point, you've got to commit to either trying to get them out and hopefully you succeed or you just have to focus on throwing but you know then you're risking the guy stealing the base so it's a new level of gamesmanship which a lot of people think benefits the batter and I think that's the idea behind the rule changes put into play by Major League Baseball and I don't think we have many complaints about it you know some people complained about the shift and obviously some pitchers complained just about the inconvenience and the stress and just the change that came with the pitch clock. But I think overall, it's benefiting baseball. We're not talking about baseball. We're talking about Shohei Otani. We're talking about 20 stolen bases, 40 homers, and the season's not even over, guys. We talked about how his best in the past was 46 homers. Shohei is sitting on 44 right now, but the thing is, he's been sitting on 44 for a while, and we're getting close to the end of the season. So, do you remember the last time that Shohei hit a home run? It was August 23rd against Cincinnati. He hasn't hit a home run since that day that we found out that Shohei has the torn UCL in his elbow. Right? Let me jog your memory. Shohei starts a game, the first game of the doubleheader. He makes it one and a third innings, gets pulled from the game, hits a home run, and then gets taken out of the game completely. That was Shohei's 44th home run, and we haven't seen Shohei hit a home run since. So it's been about 10 days and 9 games in that time. We're down to the last 25 games of the season, guys, and if Shohei continues to hit only one home run per 10 days which is how long it's been really since the last homer we're looking at Shohei pretty much just capping out at 46 home runs again same as his previous best in 2021 now obviously Shohei's probably going to get hot or hotter than he currently is playing I don't think it's reasonable to Expect Shohei to stay in this slump, to not hit home runs, to just hit a home run every you know nine games or so. I don't think that's reasonable to expect of him. Sure, Shohei can't be expected to hit 16 homers like he did in June every month, but you can definitely expect him to do more than he's currently doing. He's dealing with a lot right now with the tear of the UCL, with the Angels sort of crashing and burning and falling out of the playoff race. There's a lot on his plate, um, not to mention only 25 games away from the end of the season and with that, the end of his contract. So there is a lot on Shohei's plate. So let's try to be understanding of the fact that he's got a lot going on and that's probably affecting his focus and affecting his ability to crush these homers, right? Not to mention the physical, right? He's got a torn UCL. It may not be messing up his swings that much. It may be more of the pitching motion that that affects. But you got to think that that's providing some sort of discomfort. And we'll see if Shohei gets hot here in September, maybe finishes the season on a good note. But let's check in on the home run watch. All right. Last week we talked about Shohei 
trying to lead the league in home runs. We talked about how Matt Olson was his closest competitor because Shohei had 44 home runs when we checked in last Monday. He still has 44 home runs today, so let's look at how he's doing in comparison to the rest of Major League Baseball. Well, first off, if you're not following the Braves, Matt Olson is still sitting at 43 home runs. That's right. It's been a week since we last chatted. Neither of these two have hit a home run since. They're still sitting at 44 and 43. And for Matt Olson, it's actually been even longer than Shohei as far as when he last hit a homer. So you got two guys who are slumping when it comes to the long ball. We'll get into Shohei's non-home run stats. I'm not saying he's slumping when it comes to hitting for average, getting on base, stealing bases, and manufacturing runs, but he's not hitting homers. And with Matt Olson not hitting homers, Shohei's sitting on top still at 44. But you have to notice that the depth between Shohei and the next leaders, the ones behind Matt Olson, that gap is starting to get a little tight. It's getting smaller. So if we look at the race, Kyle Schwarber, Pete Alonso, 39 home runs, just five back of Shohei. And Mookie Betts is right there at 38. So you've got the National League versus Shohei, right? Matt Olson primarily in the race, but you can't count out those other three. If we look at the American League, the best is nine back from Shohei, and that's Luis Robert Jr., so Shohei has really got the American League in a chokehold here when it comes to homers, but the National League is not far behind. So we can really just hope that Shohei hits as many homers as is needed to hang on and be the best for the 2023 season. However, when he's struggling to hit homers, like I said, it's been nine games since his last homer. It's just hard to say how many he's got left in him for the rest of this season, this 25 games remaining. When he is worn down, he's fatigued, he's fighting through an injury, and uh, we'll just have to wait and see. Regardless, it's exciting to watch him because this week, even though he didn't have any homers, he still batted 285. He had the stolen base, which put him in the 2040 club. He had... Six hits, four singles, and two doubles. And he had three RBIs, right? I mean, and he walked five times, right? So he's getting on base, and he's hitting for good average. It just feels like he's not connecting and cranking that ball out of the stadium like we're used to seeing him, right? So I think he's going to turn it around at some point. It's just a matter of how long is it going to take. But it's easy to look at Shohei and write him off as not having good weeks when you're not seeing that home run ball, right? We're so used to seeing Shohei on Sports Center for those highlights, those highlights of him hitting home runs. But the truth is he's not playing bad baseball. He's playing good, productive baseball. It's just not the baseball that we're used to watching him play. Anyways, guys, so let's talk about the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Let's talk about how they've been since the All-Star break. I know the answer is bad, guys, but just how bad, you might be wondering. Well, let's talk about it. I mean, here's some stats since the All-Star break, which was July 14th. Um, This doesn't include today's game, September 3rd, but 
what's one game in the sake of what has it been 45 games right anyway the los angeles angels this is the record they are toward the bottom they're 19 and 27 since the all-star break which puts them at about the seventh worst in major league baseball but only four games better than the worst in the league, which was 15 and 29 by the Chicago White Sox. I think what's important to specify, though, is that their run differential is second worst in Major League Baseball in that time period. 63 is the negative run differential, which means they're outscored by 63 runs in that stretch of games. Only second to the White Sox in that, right? And what's kind of crazy is that they're being outscored that badly when their offense hasn't been terrible. Their runs per game has actually been sort of middle of the table. They're averaging 4.4 runs per game. And so to put that in perspective, 3.6 is the worst in that stretch, and 6.2 is the best. So 4.4, it's certainly not at the top. It's certainly not at the bottom, which means they're playing average baseball as far as scoring runs. You know, they're manufacturing runs just about as good as, well, anyone who's not at top of the league, right? But they're allowing so many runs. They're third worst in runs per game allowed, and it's really tied for first it comes down to 0.04 runs per game right you look at the white Sox, 5.84 the rockies 5.82 the los angeles angels 5.80 so they're tied for first in runs per game allowed and that's why the run differential is just so bad sure they're scoring a decent amount of runs but their pitching has just been terrible and shohei's not on the mound it's only getting worse they just got swept by the Oakland Athletics. The Oakland Athletics, who, mind you, have the worst record in baseball. And I'm not here to talk smack about the Athletics. I have a lot of respect for the Oakland Athletics and their fans. They're having a tough time right now getting moved to Vegas and all that. But the Athletics are 42-95. and 95. That means they're winning about 31% of their games. The Angels... They're nine games from 500, which means they're winning 47% of their games. They're a 500 baseball club that has had a bad stretch and is sort of giving up on the season. It's embarrassing that they can't put a winning team around Shohei Otani. Now, I know there's been a lot of injuries. Shohei, Mike Trout, um, Logan Ohapi, and the list will go on and on. But it is sad when you have the best player in baseball and you're losing this many ball games. You're throwing the towel in on the season by the end of August. And honestly, we saw it coming long before that. It takes away from how special a season Shohei is having because even though he's this gem, the the shining light, he's got the spotlight of Major League Baseball on him. And it's impressive that he is so good and so talented that he can have the spotlight on him even when he's on a team that is so mediocre. It really is impressive that he's that good. But still, it takes away from it because the narrative will always become 
yeah, Shohei was amazing. He had 46 home runs, 20 stolen bases. But he was on that Angels team that just couldn't get their stuff together. So, you know, it's hard not to be romantic about baseball. And you want to see him win with the Angels because that's where he started. That's where he's been long enough that we've grown up learning who Shohei is in a Angels uniform for those of us who just started following his career here in the States. Will he leave and start a new legacy with another team who hopefully is a winner and a contender? Very likely. But of course, we don't have a crystal ball here. But it is just disappointing to see the Angels continue their downslide, even against bad teams like the Athletics. And I've said it before, the Angels are a good team when they're playing losers. But the second they play a winning ball club, they just don't have the stuff to compete. And I don't want to be mean when I say that, but then they turn around and do something like this. You know, they lose, they get swept by the Athletics. You know, it's one thing when they're losing two out of three to the Astros. But when you're losing to the Oakland A's, and no disrespect to the Oakland A's, but those are the games that you have to win. And it's just disappointing that the team can't put that winning roster around Shohei. And I know they've had a lot of challenges with injuries, but still, it's just disappointing. All right, guys. So let's pause on the Angels are having a terrible downslide to end the season conversation. And let's look at why Shohei isn't stopping his season and getting this UCL surgery, the Tommy John surgery. We saw him do it in 2018. And honestly, that's a big question that a lot of people were putting out this week. Lots of articles going up saying, you know, obviously he's having a record season for himself at the plate. And, you know, you don't want to see him stop that. But at the same time, shouldn't he be maybe getting the surgery? That way he can focus on being ready to be on the mound next season as early as possible. Well, the first theory on that is that he's continuing at the plate because there's a couple things at stake, right? The AL MVP is at stake. The Angels single season home run record is at stake. And by the way, that's 47. Shohei's at 44. So he could definitely break the single season home run record for the Los Angeles Angels. And lastly, Shohei could have a 50 homer, 25 stolen base season, which is very rare, right? So he's trying to solidify himself as the big item, the big ticket going into next season when he's a free agent and his pitching is sort of in question. Can he pitch next season? Well, when you have a contract that's up for negotiation, You're relying now on your batting to sell you and to make you that money and make you that huge, potentially historic contract. So that's one reason, one camp, one camp of thought why he might be, you know, avoiding that season ending surgery. Number two, he probably wants to avoid the surgery altogether. And I know it sounds silly and obvious to say that, but just think about it. It's his potential second Tommy John surgery. Um, and it's only been about five years since the last one, it's probably going to be harder to come back from it. He's a little older. You're going to have more scarred tissue from the first surgery. So odds are it's going to be a more difficult comeback. And, of course, if maybe this tear is more minor than the first one 
and maybe they caught it early enough that surgery can be avoided. I think Shohei is obviously going to avoid getting that Tommy John surgery at all costs. And then the third possibility that the experts out there have, they think they're just trying to ensure that he's ready for opening day as a hitter, right? Like I said, it's starting to become clear that his value as a hitter is top of the league, right? You can argue his value versus guys like Ronald Acuna, Mookie Betts, or Freddie Freeman. All that aside, he's one of the best, and he's definitely top five, right? So as a free agent in his hitting alone, you want to sign him. You want to put up that money and get him. You don't want to miss out. And if Shohei gets the surgery and it puts him at risk at all of not being ready at the end of March, beginning of April when the next season starts as a batter, it's risky to get the surgery because now all of a sudden that team that gives him the contract they're not going to get Shohei potentially until mid-season, right? So that's all a lot of stuff that you got to weigh into this. Obviously, the Angels and Shohei Otani and, and the medical staff, they're doing everything that they can to figure this out, figure out how to avoid getting Tommy John. But at the end of the day, it seems to be mostly about money, right? Going into a final season of your contract like he is right now, trying to put up the best stats that you can to ensure that you get the bag. If you're not a Generation Z or millennial, getting the bag is what it's all about, securing the money. And, uh, you know, we talk about a $500 million contract uh, for next season. That's the, the number everybody's talking about, right? I think he deserves it. What do you guys think? Anyway, I think we've had some good dialogue today about... You know, the series at Oakland, his numbers on the season, the injury, potential surgeries, and, and of course, about what contracts it might look like next season and whether or not he might stay. But I think it's, at this point, with the playoffs virtually gone, if not eliminated already, who is Shohei facing off against next? Monday is Labor Day here in the United States. And for my listeners who are outside of the U.S., Labor Day is just a day in which a lot of people don't have to go to work. So people party Sunday, have the day off Monday to recuperate, maybe go to a ball game. And the Oakland Athletics are back at home against the Baltimore Orioles. And that's a good ball club, a ball club who is trying to fight for a playoff spot in a very highly contested American League East. And of course, with a tight wild card race as well. So first off, the Orioles are first in the American League East. Their record is 85 and 51, and they're two and a half games ahead of the Tampa Bay Rays. So just to put that in perspective, that is the best record in the American League. They have won seven out of their last 10, and they're on a two game win streak. The Angels, on the other hand, have lost seven out of their last ten and are on a three-game losing streak. So, tale of two teams there. One at the very top of the American League, one at the very bottom. But, hey, this isn't an Angels podcast. This is a Shohei podcast. Let's look at how Shohei has historically performed against the Baltimore Orioles over his career. So, for starters, some seasons he's been good against Baltimore. I mean, 
he's batted 273, 250, 333 in some of his seasons. But he's also had rough seasons. He's also had seasons where he batted 148 and he batted 222 against the Baltimore Orioles. So depending on the season, he's been good and been bad, which makes sense. Teams always change players, right? So historically, he's been good, but not necessarily great against the Baltimore Orioles. But I'll tell you what, in 2023, he's batting 333 against the Orioles through four games, and he's got two homers in four games. He's got one triple and three singles. So let's not forget that Shohei was one double away from the cycle in a game when he pitched against the Baltimore Orioles earlier this season. Everybody had their phones out recording, hoping to see Shohei. And even Baltimore fans were doing this and were disappointed when he only got a single in that final at-bat of that game. All right, so Shohei has played well against Baltimore this season. Let's see if he can't get out of his slump and hit some homers. That would be nice to see. Let's take a look at who's on the mound for the Orioles. So game one, you've got Grayson Rodriguez. Grayson has a 4-3 and three record despite having a 5.0 ERA and a 1.35 whip. So he's not their best pitcher. He allows a lot of runs. But he has a winning record, which means the Orioles have been backing him up. And obviously, with the number one record in the American League, they're hitting a lot of runs and backing him up. But he is a pitcher that players can definitely take advantage of, as demonstrated by that five ERA. And guys, wait till you hear what Shohei's numbers are against Grayson. And for starters, guys, only two at-bats against Grayson Rodriguez. But I'm going to tell you something. Shohei is two for two against Grayson. And one of those hits, a three-run home run. All right? So Shohei's looking to get off the schneid and hit a home run or two this series. Get back into the driver's seat when it comes to the AL MVP and the home run leader, accolade for the 2023 season perhaps Grayson is the guy to turn it around against two for two with a homer small sample size I know but this is a pitcher who isn't the best in the rotation for the Orioles and uh, Shohei's got his number so far even if it's just two at bats so that is something to get excited about for Monday that game is at 638 p.m. Pacific time. And then on Tuesday, we have Dean Kramer on the mound for the Orioles. Dean is a little more of a well-known pitcher. Um, He's got a 4.2 ERA, which obviously isn't Cy Young stuff, but it's a low enough and consistent enough ERA that on a team like the Orioles, where when the bats are hot, they can overcome that level of scoring. It gets you a 12-5 and win-loss record. Very good stuff. You know, you think about Shohei, who's got 10 wins on the season, despite having an ERA closer to three. That's sort of the luxury of a team like the Orioles, who are hot a lot of the season and are winning a lot of ball games. So how does Shohei stack up against Kramer? All right, well, he's got four at-bats and zero hits. 
two strikeouts and one walk. So Dean Kramer's been good on this season, like I said, and he's been great against Shohei Otani. Now, granted, four at-bats, you know, this is really just one game, not a big sample size. But if we're going to look at Grayson Rodriguez struggling in two at-bats against Shohei, you got to look the other way and say maybe Shohei doesn't have his best stuff against Dean Kramer. Regardless, tune in Tuesday at 6.38 p.m. to catch that game. Kyle Gibson has the nod in the third game of the series on Wednesday. And Kyle Gibson, I'll tell you what, he's a bit of a workhorse. He's got a 13-8 and record, 162 innings pitched. Good for him. I mean, the, the interesting thing there to me is that Kyle is always factoring in on the game. He's getting the win or he's getting the loss. But either way, Kyle seems to really be uh, factoring in a decision. All right, so Kyle's got a 5 ERA and a 1.3 whip. He's another guy that you could definitely get some hits off of, but he gets good run support from his team. Okay, so let's talk about Gibson. Kyle Gibson has had five at-bats against Shohei. Shohei is three for five with a double, one RBI, and two walks. So he has a 600 batting average and two walks against Kyle Gibson. So if you want to talk about on-base percentage, that's 70% of the time. So look for Shohei to have good games in Game 1 against Grayson Rodriguez, as well as Wednesday's contest against Kyle Gibson. And if you want to tune into that game, you guessed it. It's also at 6.38 p.m. Pacific time. And right away, the Angels are then welcoming the Guardians to town. We've kind of joked around about how the Angels are getting Thursday off every week. You know, having one team Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and another team Friday, Saturday, Sunday. But that's not the case this week. The Angels are actually going right back at it. The Guardians come to town. Yeah, you might know them as the Cleveland Indians in past seasons, but now they're the Cleveland Guardians, and they'll be coming to town as soon as the Orioles leave. They show up on Thursday, and then they will be here actually for a four-game series. That's right. You have the Guardians Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So with the Guardians, it's another one of these teams that they're not in the division. So your sample sizes are limited to probably two series per year, right? And so for the last four seasons, you've had five or six games where Shohei's gotten to face the Cleveland Guardians. And with the exception of 2019, which was the season that Shohei struggled coming back after the Tommy John surgery, Shohei's been pretty dang good against Cleveland. He batted 500 against Cleveland in 2018. He batted 316 against them in 2021. He batted 260 against them in 2022. But in 2023, he's been a little more cold. Three games, he's batting 200. And uh, maybe he could turn that around this series against Cleveland. We're looking to see more numbers like 2021 or 2018. I mean, four homers in five games. Sign me up for that. All right, so he can be good against Cleveland. He hasn't been great against Cleveland so far this season. The Guardians are a decent team. They're 66-71, and 71, 
So they're second in the AL Central. I know that's that's kind of a weird thing to say. They don't have a winning record, but they're a decent team. They're within striking distance of the Twins. Say what you will about the AL Central. A lot of people like to discount it because, well, they're typically lower than the top record in the other divisions, and yet they still get to make the playoffs. Maybe so, but they're only five games back of the Twins with 25 to play. So if they get hot, they could make the playoffs in that AL Central spot. Of course, they're going to be a little further back of the wild card, but let's talk about Shohei versus the starters for the Guardians. All right, guys, so in the opener, you have Cal Quantrill on the mound for the Guardians. He's a 28-year-old. He's got a 2-6 and six record and a 6.16 ERA. So he's clearly not having a great season. And maybe that's somebody that Shohei can take advantage of and put up some good numbers. They've actually met a decent amount of times. He's got seven at-bats against Cal, which is a pretty good sample size when you think about it for somebody who's not in the same division as Shohei. Um, Shohei's two for seven, meaning he's got a 286 average. He's also got two walks, right? So that gives him an on-base percentage of 44%. Not bad. This is baseball we're talking about. Being able to get on base safely 44% of the time is pretty good. He's not hitting extra base hits necessarily. Um, he's got one double, no homers. But still, you know, if if you get a hit almost 30% of the time against somebody, and 50% of the time that hit is a double, it's not bad. I know, it's not the biggest sample size, but still. Look for Shohei to have a great game against Cal Quantrill and the Guardians on Thursday at 6.38 p.m. Pacific time. And then on Friday, the Guardians will have Logan Taylor Allen on the mound. He's got a 6-7 and seven record despite having a 3.7 ERA. All right, so what that means is that he's actually pitching better than some of these guys we were just talking about for the Orioles, but he does not get the same run support that those guys get. And as a result, he actually has a losing record despite having a better ERA than some of those guys. Now, I know, it's not the same division, but still. All right, so Logan Taylor Allen. Shohei has faced Logan well, let's see, one time. There's two Logan Allens um, who have been in and out of the league over the last couple of seasons. But the Logan Allen that is on Cleveland, Shohei has only seen two plate appearances. One was a strikeout, one was a walk. So that's too small of a sample size to tell. But Logan Allen does have a decent ERA, so it'll be a challenge for Shohei. But maybe he can get some good numbers off of him. That'll be Friday at 6.38 p.m. Pacific time. And then you have Xavion Curry getting the nod on Saturday to face the Angels. Xavion has a 3-3 three and three win-loss record and a 4.1 ERA. So that's right there in that area where it's like he's pitching decent baseball. You know, he doesn't have that 3 ERA where you go, oh, this guy's doing great. But it's definitely nothing to, to laugh at. And um, Shohei hasn't had the chance to face Xavion yet. Um He's really a freshman when you look at. He only started two games in his real rookie season last year. And so Shohei doesn't have any at-bats against Curry yet. But perhaps Shohei can get the better 
of this young player. That game is at 6.07 p.m. on Saturday, Pacific time, of course. And then Sunday is the game that, to me, is the highlight of the series against the Guardians. Because, listen to this. You might have heard about this. The Angels put a couple of their pitchers on waivers to be claimed towards the end of the season just to sort of get rid of some of that salary, right? The Angels were effectively throwing in the towel on the season, and the Guardians picked up Lucas Giolito and then bullpen pitchers Reynaldo Lopez and Matt Moore. So it's an interesting journey for Lucas Giolito, right? He has a decent start to the season with the White Sox. He gets identified as a kind of starting pitcher to bolster your team going into you know the trade deadline. The Angels pull the trigger. They get Giolito, and they also get his teammate, Reynaldo Lopez. And, uh, well, even with that action, trying to put the Angels in a spot to win, just hasn't really worked out for Giolito and the Angels. And now he gets claimed off waivers, and the Guardians are going to be starting him against the Angels on Sunday. So he starts in the AL Central with the White Sox, goes to the Angels, and finds himself back in the Central Division with the Guardians in Cleveland, hoping to string together some wins and make it into the playoffs. So pretty uh, cool journey to think about. But, uh, hey, this is Otani Talk, Mike. Let's get back on task. Lucas Giolito taking the mound for the, oh, I almost said the Angels, for the Guardians. All right, guys. So, Lucas Giolito, he's got a 4.45 ERA for the 2023 season. Now, that's, you know, both the White Sox and the Angels stats going into that. And when he's going up against Shohei, which it's funny because even though they were just teammates, there's still a pretty decent sample size when it comes to Lucas Giolito. 26 at-bats. And Shohei's batting 300 against Lucas. He's got three home runs, two triples, and one double. All right? Really good numbers against Lucas Giolito. So it's going to be a really exciting game to end This series against the Guardians, just so much good journalism, such a good story when it comes to Lucas Giolito's journey from the White Sox to the Angels to the Guardians and now facing the Angels again. And then you got Shohei getting out of his slump, hopefully, going up against a pitcher who hasn't had his best stuff this season, but he's still a hot commodity because he is on the cusp of being great. And Shohei's batting 300 and he's slugging 846 against Lucas Giolito. I mean, really, those are all star numbers. So tune in Sunday. It's going to be a very cool match, just given that dynamic. And that game is at 107 p.m. Pacific time. All right. So if you're not busy watching American football, that's going to be the match to watch. We love Shohei. We love you. Thank you for listening. We will be back next Monday with another episode. In the meantime, please feel free to give me a follow on Instagram at Otani Talk to get updated with just some of the fun moments that Shohei is having throughout the week. 
I like to repost some of the cool things that I see. And, uh, of course, keep you updated about when these episodes come out. So give me a follow on Instagram at Otani Talk if you would like. And we will talk to you again next Monday. Enjoy your Labor Day to all my listeners here in the United States. And we'll talk soon.